You're listening to the Fable 411 podcast produced by the City of Fable, where you'll get information about city government and the programs and services we provide. You'll get topics of interest and an inside look at the various departments that help keep our city moving. I'm Gab McRoberts. And I'm Sherry Croft. Thanks for joining us for the Fable 411. As we approach the new year, we want to take a look back at what we as a city have accomplished in 2022. And our guest today is City Manager Doug Hewitt, and um, he's going to recap some of those accomplishments. Welcome to the Fayetteville 411. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Mr. Hewitt, there have been numerous projects and programs that were initiated or completed over the year, which contributes to our goal of creating a safe and secure and desirable place to live, work, and play. I want to start with some of the most recent. Let's talk about the residents' recent approval of $97 million in bonds. Yeah, that was, I think, an amazing um, achievement for our city. Um, we got started late asking the residents um, and educating the residents about the $97 million on GL bond referendum. But what it proved, along with the 2016 bond referendum, is that our citizens, when asked to make an investment in our community, they are willing to do so. But you're correct, it was $97 million, and over the course of, it felt like uh, three months, but I think it was actually even less than that, a city staff in partnership with our um, uh, friends over at the Chamber of Commerce um, held probably hundreds of community forums where we educated citizens about the needs as well as how we would actually achieve those needs if they passed the bonds. And as you said, they overwhelmingly approved those bonds in November. And, and these bonds are going to fund projects that we've identified for a long time that we've, our community's really been needing. What are some of the big top priorities with the bonds? I think the biggest is, for me, the um, public safety. Um, $60 million um, was approved by the voters um, for us to tackle a variety of public safety projects. Probably the signature project out of it will be a state-of-the-art 911 communication center um, that will anchor um, our emergency communications for the city. Um, the other uh, projects are equally transformative, and they are, we hope, the replacement of three existing aging uh, fire stations um, that no longer are uh, functioning, uh, they're not ADA accessible, and they also don't um, accommodate the changing workforce that we have in our fire service. And so between the two um, major projects, 911 and then fire stations, that takes up all $60 million of the public safety. And there's some other uh, projects in there as well for, like, infrastructure. Tell me a little bit about that Absolutely. as Absolutely. Well. Um, we have um, $25 million that we've identified and was also approved by the voters that make up a part of the $97 million, and that is for infrastructure. And those are going to be everything from resurfacing to sidewalks to um, intersection improvements. Anything that we can do to leverage that money to actually have it go further, we will do that as well. And then rounding out the remainder of the $97 million is $12 million for housing opportunity, where we, it is our real hope that with money in hand, um, with updated plans and policies that the city council has approved, that we will be able to um, have developers partner with us to provide affordable and adequate housing for our residents. A recent study that we did a year or two ago showed that we were down and had a deficit of about 18 to 20,000 affordable housing units. And um, I think that this money will go a long way to giving us funds um, to partner with um, people to bring housing to our residents. Well, I'm really excited to see all these projects come to fruition. I know uh, during the parks bonds, um, it's really exciting to see those projects come out and and rise up out of the ground and uh, and you, and you kind of see it from the beginning to end. And we've had a few projects recently that we've uh, 
seen a lot of success with. I, I remember the Bill Chris Senior Center opening up, and, and wow, I have to say, I think it's probably the nicest building in the city's inventory. It really is beautiful. It is, it is, um, and it's a real uh, testament to um, the patience and perse- perseverance of staff, and I could not think of a better way for us to honor um, uh, former Councilmember Bill Crisp um, and with such a wonderful, wonderful facility. And it was a great day when we opened that building up to the public with his um, panoramic views of, um, of Lake Rim and of that beautiful park. Um, it is something that really, I think, becomes um, a hallmark of all projects that we're rolling out after that. It has to be, it's shown the public that um, what quality looks like and I don't think that they're going to accept anything less from us on these upcoming projects either. But that was a wonderful one. And yet also during the same time frame, we also broke ground on the Senior Center East as well as a Tenor Center complex. And both of those two are going to be, um, I think, uh, signature projects that are going to make our entire community proud. Some of the other projects that is a result of the 2016 Parks and Bond uh, were splash pads and some park improvements. Talk about those. Yeah, we, um, I think probably the city council has just as much fun as the kids when we open up a splash pad. Um, They um, uh, love to run through the splash pads and when we do our ribbon cuttings for those. And again, it is just so, um, uh, such a wonderful feeling to see the council and again, the kids who are out there as well enjoying those amenities. Now, just five years ago, we didn't have in the city of Fayetteville. And something as simple as a splash pad, we all remember running through the water hose or the sprinklers at home, but now imagine doing that with 50 or 100 of your friends um, while your parents are able to enjoy and take a moment to, to rest and relax as well. Other park improvements, everything from trails, everything from fencing, just improvements that we had to some of our bathrooms at um, some of our public facilities. We've done so much with the $35 million, and we've leveraged it as well, that I would say we probably have been able to accomplish maybe about $40 million worth of projects through our um, stewardship of that $35 million and through partnerships with our friends at Fort Bragg, at Methodist, um, and other places to actually make that money go even further. Speaking of the partnership with Fort Bragg, I think one project that we're really looking forward to is the uh, sports complex. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, it is um, um, being built um, off of MacArthur Road and 295. And to say that that one also is going to knock folks' socks off is an understatement. We're looking at having a multi-field sports complex out there that will be able to host local events as well as regional tournaments um, for baseball. And I think of all of the projects um, um, former council members um, have talked about, each, uh, each of the pro- various projects had m- special meaning to them, but that was one that was also very meaningful to former council member Bill Crisp as well as others as well. And looking forward to that one actually coming to fruition. A lot of exciting developments. And I'm going to have to say, uh, Mr. Hewitt, I'm going to have to challenge you to a game of pickleball once tennis courts are completed. <laughs> uh, challenge accepted. And I will be able to um, uh, uh, congratulate you if you win or comfort you if you lose. So looking forward to it. <laughs> I've never played, so it should be entertaining. <laughs> I have not either, but I'm, I'm ready to learn how to play. I yeah. hear everybody talking about yeah. it. It's the rage. Yeah. We've had a lot of groundbreakings this year, and um, the fire station, new fire station number four groundbreaking was held back in August. Talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, um, fire station four currently resides um, on Fort Bragg Road, um, and it is one of, uh, it dates back, I think, to the 1950s. And um, it is an aging station. It's still a very attractive station, 
but it does not meet the changing and growing needs of our community. And so um, with the council's support, we have been able to break ground on a new fire station for that will be off of Bragg Boulevard, almost at the Villaggio Apartments. And it is um, coming together quite well. Um, the city also plans to try to pull a road between um, um, Bragg Boulevard all the way over to Pamela, which we're going to be calling the Blanton Road Extension. Not only will that aid the fire department in being able to respond quicker to emergencies, but it'll also be able to provide a great connector for our residents too. Most recently, um, we had the airport unveiling. Um, talk about some of those beautiful renovations that took place there at the airport now that um, people visiting our city can see whenever they come in. Absolutely. Every surface at the airport um, has been touched in some way or renovated, removed, repaired, or expanded with this um, second phase of the renovations. Looking at the first phase and the second phase that we just unveiled, it totals more than $60 million of investments that we've made at the Fayetteville Regional Airport. Um, the most comprehensive um, uh, set of renovations that have occurred since the facility opened. Um, it is um, a showstopper. It is something to welcome visitors um, to our community, and it's also a great place to fly out of. Um, we've always said that we wanted our residents to fly Fayetteville because it was convenient and it was um, affordable. We can now say we wanted to do it because it's also very attractive and it's a great place to welcome family and friends to our community. And that's not the only facility that's been renovated. You know, where we are right now here in council chambers, this is also uh, a big part of that uh, massive overhaul and renovation of the first floor of City Hall. Yeah, one thing that we do in Fayetteville is we don't do things halfway. We first started this project thinking that we were going to do a simple refresh of council chambers. But in talking to council members as well as staff about what makes this room work and how important this room is to the functioning of city government, we realized that we had to put some real money and some real um, effort into trying to improve um, the look, the feel, and the use of the room, and we succeeded. It took us uh, quite a while because of COVID and supply chain issues that everybody knows about. But we were, I think, very successful in opening up um, our renovated council chambers earlier this year. And that also coincides with us opening up our renovated lobby, where we've moved our building and development processes from the rear of City Hall to the front of City Hall, which really does speak to the importance that the city council and the city puts on the development community here, but it also provides for a more secure and efficient um, operation, not only for city staff, but also for our visitors too. And in, improve, has a lot of improvements to help improve the safety of our residents, whether it's the, uh, the glass panels so that we can minimize the chance of disease, especially if we've learned anything from COVID, uh, the importance of having those type of uh, uh, products and safety measures in place. Absolutely. We've also put in some additional hardening measures too. Sadly, the times that we live in, we have to not only be worried about the safety of our residents who are visiting City Hall, we also have to be very concerned about the safety of our employees. And so we have um, um, beefed up the security at, at City Hall so that our residents can feel very safe and secure in visiting us at any time. Um, and um, I think um, would welcome anyone to come down and take a look at the improvements that we've made, particularly as it relates to our lobby um, in City Hall and how it's, better, how it's here to better serve our citizens. Now, I know over the past year, a lot of focus um, has been put on stormwater infrastructure. Talk about some of the um, initiatives that are taking place with that. I think probably the biggest one that we have is a couple of years ago, we um, had a model of doing stormwater projects where 
we would look at the 13 or 14 watersheds that we have in the city. And a watershed is essentially just a geographic area at which water or rain when it falls, it flows to a natural area. And the city of Fayetteville, based on our topography, has some 13 or 14 different watersheds, depending on how you count it. And our model of doing, of reviewing those watersheds was we would take one at a time. We would map it, we would study it, we'd look at the, at the drainage characteristics. Then we would actually have our engineers go out and look for opportunities for us to make um, improvements um, to collect and retain the water so that we'd be able to address some of the um, more pervasive um, and issues related to flooding and stormwater issues in each one of those watersheds. Well, looking at how long it took for us to identify a watershed, study a watershed, do the projects, find the money for the projects, permit the projects, get the projects completed, we would be here for another 30, 40, 50, 60 years before we had all of them mapped out, studied, projects um, prepared, projects completed. And so we decided with the council support to do a master plan. And the master plan looked at the city as a whole and the unmapped watersheds. And we have successfully over the last year been able to bring the first tranche of projects from this citywide um, master plan for watersheds, uh, for stormwater rather, um, to the council for them to consider a variety of projects. And we hope to bring the second tranche of projects sometime in February for the council to consider. Once we have critical mass of projects identified and permitted, we'll be going out to market to try to borrow the necessary funds to implement those. But all told, what we thought originally was going to be some $200 million, we now believe very well could end up being closer to a billion dollars worth of stormwater improvement projects that are needed in our community that will, of course, um, make our community safer, more resilient, as well as allow us to have enhanced building in areas that previously would have flooded. One achievement we should be really proud of is that um, the city resurfaced and repaved more streets last year than ever before. Uh, talk about how that was possible. Well, this, one of the things that we did while everyone was asleep with COVID or, or locked down somewhat, we also did a, a pavement condition study. And the pavement condition study was done on all of the city streets. Um, some, I think it's almost a thousand miles of, of lane miles of streets so that we could, at one point in time, could look at the condition of each road in comparison to the others. It allows us to now, in a more equitable way, look at the roads that we need to treat so we can extend the useful life. It allows us to identify those roadways which have exceeded their useful life and need to be rebuilt. But it also um, gave us an, a real sense of how big a magnitude of our maintenance issues were. And some of that we'll be able to address with the approved $97 million in GEO bonds as well to help us extend the life of our roadways here so that um, our residents will have smooth driving. And in addition, you know, one of the things that's been going on, too, is we've also received uh, more than $40 million in ARPA funding. Now, how will that ARPA funding be used? The ARPA funding is really transformative in a lot of ways. It is allowing us to take care of a variety of projects that previously we would have been unable to fund or we would have had to fund with our general fund dollars. As we're able to fund ARPA projects with ARPA money, it then frees up that city funding for us to be more um, uh, to, to do additional projects. But it also allows us to ARPA money to do things that previously heretofore the city didn't have the authority to do. I think probably for me, the one that sticks out most is the fact that we're partnering with the Partnership for Children to provide up to a million dollars to assist in daycare. 
um, and providing workers um, for the daycares, which we understand is a real critical um, issue in, in this city and around the country of having enough qualified workers to do provide daycare services. And hopefully once we are able to implement that program fully, that will allow parents to be able to go to work um, and to participate fully into the economy. Um, some of the other things that um, the money is being used for are a variety of stormwater projects. Um, and um, part of, I would say as well, the renovations we talked about here at City Hall. Um, while it wasn't ARPA funding, it was funding from the federal government related to a COVID response too. But we have a very detailed plan for how we're planning to spend that money and um, I can just promise all of our residents that we're going to spend it completely and we're going to spend it in the most thoughtful way we can. And speaking of plans, I know there's the transit development plan and the goal of that is to help develop fast to become a system of transit of choice for our residents. Can you explain to me what, what does that mean, system of choice? Yeah, system of choice is that um, we have buses that go places at times and uh, that residents find beneficial so that um, you don't have to contemplate waiting an hour from your house to get to the mall that we would have buses that would um, go to the locations that residents want to go to and it would again go to them with a frequency and a timing that would be beneficial to the residents but it also looks at where we have development and growth in the city so that we can make sure that as we're reprioritizing routes that we're taking our transit system to places where people again need to go not just historically at where we, we we've always gone and so the transit development plan is something that we hope to do every 10 years, and, but this most recent update is really paying dividends already and helping us realign our routes as we come out of our COVID posture as well. You know, we're going to have to wrap it up as we're getting a little bit long. I think we're at the 18 minute mark for the show. And there's so much we wanted to talk about, whether we're talking about officer recruitment and retention or for construction on a new homeless day resource center. And, and in, in addition, the new planning and zoning uh, uh, work that's going on in the new university and college district, as well as at adaptive reuse standards. And, you know, there's so many awards that our departments, I mean, it's a lot going on. Is there one thing you think you're most proud of? I think at the end of the year, um, what I'm most proud of is that we have survived the year. We have had an amazing time from January all the way into December. Uh, we've um, welcomed on new council members. We've approved a $97 million GO bond. Um, we have successfully um, come back out of our COVID um, precautions and, and posture. We've addressed everything from community safety, um, officer retention, retention, as you mentioned, and we've done it quite successfully. And it just is an, another testament to the fact that Fayetteville is the can-do city and that when we are given an opportunity as a staff, as a council, as a community to live up to that brand, we always will meet it. Well, that's a lot to be proud of, and I think it is attributed to great leadership, great council, and great staff that makes it all happen. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Fable 411. The Fable 411 is one of several podcasts that the city produces for our podcast channel, Radio Fable, as we provide timely and informative updates every week on a variety of topics related to the city of Fable. Radio Fable is available on your favorite podcast platforms. You can also listen to every podcast that Radio Fayetteville has to offer by downloading the Fay TV streaming app, available now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV. You can view all of our video content by visiting FayTV.net. To get information about city services, go to our webpage at FayettevilleNC.gov. Thanks for joining us.